Welcome, Rip Rats, to this Blackhawks Hockey Rinkcast, Episode 9, exclusively sponsored by our friends at Premium Hockey Outfitters, PuckHockey.com, that's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com, and use that discount code, the, or the Rink, that's T-H-E-R-I-N-K. Uh, today is Wednesday, December 27th, and I am Jeff Osborne, better known across the interwebs as Gatekeeper. Bleh. What's up, jerks? <laughs> I am joined here by my good friend, co-host, and fellow grumpy old guy, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, sir. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Seriously, these potato heads have to be the unsexiest mob of all time. And together, we are your most trusted sources at the newest hockey hangout, the-rink.com. Uh, today, we have a special guest. We are joined today by lead shredder and axe man for the band Demon Hunter. My new good buddy, Patrick Judge. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me, boys. Hey, thanks for uh, coming on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, so a little bit of backstory. Uh, Mr. Judge, I found out through the uh, through the fine site Instagram that he was actually a, uh, you're a big fan of the Blackhawks. And oh, yeah. Yeah, it just so happened that I came across one of your pictures where you were dressed as, uh, you were dressed for Halloween, I think, as yeah, one of the Blackhawks. Yeah, me and my dog. Yep, and your dog. And uh, I, I pretty much just reposted the picture. I didn't realize that you were actually a fan of the the previous Shoutcast and now the Rink the Rinkcast. Uh, yeah, so, absolutely. So yeah, we started kind of corresponding back and forth. We, uh, you know, same taste in music clearly. And uh, in my house, we are actually fans of the band Demon Hunter. So it all kind of fit together real nicely. And uh, so I, I figured it was a good good chance to have you come on and uh we could talk a little about blackhawks but something that that's uh that the fans might find kind of interesting uh was that you're for you're you live in nashville yeah <laughs> the Bird the insufferable land. nashville yeah <laughs> and you're you know being being a blackhawks fan in nashville within the last 12 months has been kind of a, a struggle for you a little bit oh brutal it's awful. <laughs> Apparently, you were you were telling me a story, something about someone was harassing you because your dog had a Blackhawk sweater on or something. Yeah, we were out for a walk, and uh, she had her jersey on, and this dude just starts cussing at me, telling me the Blackhawks suck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but he he did it while while driving pretty swiftly, so uh, I was all heated and prepared to jump in the car after him, but. Well, yeah, they're you're a pretty terrible. big guy they too. Just, they're awful. Yeah, you're a pretty big guy too. So <laughs> you better watch what they say. So I'm, dude, I'm always getting people are because I got like a, a hawk sticker, and I think you guys are not Cubs fans, right? I'm no. not. I, well, I'm not a baseball fan, really. But so no, <laughs> I got a, a hawk sticker on one side of my car and the Cubs on the other. Oh man! So I'm always getting like they're doing a stupid fang fingers thing at me while driving, and it's like. Ugh. Dude, it kills me. <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy because, you know, Nashville's such a nice town. Like it really is. It is. Yeah. You know, we've been I've been there a couple times and uh, you know, I went down there to see Tool and I know a lot of people who go down there to see Black Ice games all the time and just their like their inferiority complex with the keep the red out thing oh. is just so kind of like amateurish. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, and it's like, you know, hey, be like other places. Welcome us in, you know, uh, for the most part, other than like St. Louis, where 
you know, yeah. Hawks fans go down there and raise hell. <laughs> um, but like Columbus, like uh, we went to Columbus, uh, you know, last year, a couple of years ago, whatever. Every time that anyone that I know has gone to Columbus, like to see a game, like they were treated well by the fans, even if they were, even if they were starting trouble, the fans were always, you know, welcoming and, and nice. Oh man, not here. You know, it's it's funny, Gate, that you mentioned the inferiority complex in Nashville because living in Columbus, I go to a lot of games in Columbus, and I've I've been to a few games in Nashville too, and it it's it really is quite a different attitude um, with regard to welcoming in fans of other teams, and I wouldn't say you know fans of other teams are exactly welcomed in Columbus, but there's a much higher level of tolerance. And um, I don't know what it is in Nashville, but it, it really is. A, it's, it's hard to describe. You know, it's just it's like it's like a colossal insecurity among the fan base. That, um, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, it, I kind of call them like St. Louis East because <laughs> that's well, that's uh, how I feel. Yeah, that's how I feel. That's a little hard on Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that, you know, St. Louis, uh constantly you know and of course we all talk about it at length about it but you know how st louis just they they demand respect and all this blah 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 but they haven't won anything they haven't earned any respect and now nashville has kind of taken you know the little brother of st louis uh position by demanding all this "Oh, oh we made it to the cup final well you made it to the cup final but you lost so you don't you still don't have a cup. You had one successful, you know, you, you've had one very successful season, but you still didn't win the cup. So yeah. you could chirp about, you know, sweeping the Blackhawks all you want, but where did it get you? You know, second place is the first loser, right? <laughs> isn't, that right. What, isn't that what they say? So and they're, they're really specific. It's really specific, like a Blackhawks hate there too. I mean, it's, it's just then. Yeah, you know, if they just welcomed it and were like, hey, come on down, we'll, you know, we'll show you how, what a great place we are and what a great town, you know, for partying and, and all this stuff. And they welcome Blackhawks fans. It would be so different, but they mm-hmm. try so hard to keep Blackhawks fans away and, and Blackhawks fans will always find a way to get in there. For sure. So, I don't know. It's, it's, I feel bad for you. I, I feel bad because of the fandom part of it, not because you live in, in Nashville, because Nashville is actually a, a really nice town. So, yeah, other than that, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Outside of hockey, it's great. But uh, that's originally why I found Puck and Hostile, is, uh, was just I needed to just hear something else because the radio guys in Nashville, sports radio, is just killing me with, with like trash talking to Blackhawks, and I needed something. Yeah, well, sports radio in general is pretty insufferable in any town. So, um, yeah, I mean, nowadays, I'll be honest, and that's it's not just because we cre- we have a podcast. Because before we before I ever had a podcast, I that's what I listened to is podcasts. You get you're gonna get more thorough, uh, you know, analysis of what's going on because there's no time constraints, there's no language constraints. You don't have to worry about you know a, a ton of commercials. You get a few, like the one we had last week. I hope everyone yeah. liked that. Um, but um. You know, you're going to and you're going to get the people who just want to talk about hockey. You know, you know, with sports radio, you get all the sports. Mm-hmm. So they're spread a little a little more thin. We're we're, we're living and breathing Blackhawk stuff sometimes to our detriment. 
<laughs> but what what actually made you become a Blackhawks fan? Well, I'm originally from Clinton, Iowa, um, right across the border there, a couple okay. hours away from Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a lot of family in Chicago. Um, a couple of my cousins from there were big Blackhawks fans, and I guess that's just where I got it from. Um, that and I was always playing. They'd bring over during the holidays, bring over their like Sega Genesis Ooh. with <laughs> NHL, the, the first NHL game on there, the EA Sports, the NHL 91, I think. Wow. It was. But I would always be the Blackhawks or or the North Stars. I always like the North Stars logo. Yeah. Uh, but I just that's where I got it from, just being in the area. And you're kind of one of the, I mean, you you either go to the east to Chicago or you go then it was the North Stars or down to St. Louis. And we're not going to do that. No, 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 no. Um, so now. Have you been a you've been black ice fan like pretty much most of your life? Have you played hockey most of your life? Yeah, well, in Iowa, I played um, a lot of street hockey growing up. We didn't have the closest rink. I don't even know where it would have been. Maybe in the Quad Cities. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't really have any of that. And even when we played street hockey, it was just whoever was goalie was in their baseball like catcher's gear. Um, uh, I know it well. I know that well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was a lot of that. Um, but yeah. I, I never, I, I never play, got to play like ice hockey growing up. It always bothered me. I always wanted to play, but um, it wasn't until we moved to Nashville where I was able to play. When did you start skating? Like later? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. I didn't, I didn't get to, I didn't even ice skate when I lived back where I probably could have skated ponds and stuff. All right, fair enough. Yeah. I, 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 my, my story is a lot the same. I, I grew up in the neighborhood, and it just so happens that a couple friends of mine were playing in a local like. Uh, floor hockey street hockey league that's was pretty popular in the suburbs and uh yeah so when once i started playing sports with all my friends they they took to hockey and so we would play hockey during the summer we weren't we weren't playing softball or baseball or basketball during the summer we would we would go down to the apartment complex and uh we would bring some nets down there and we'd play hockey all summer long oh it's great yeah and that's how i started getting into goalie because no one else wanted to play goalie, so I played goalie. <laughs> and and then that's how I got to be left-handed. I actually taught myself to be left-handed because my dad bought me some left-handed equipment. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but that's a that's a whole other story for another day. <laughs> so uh, I put a question on here, and I know you're you're curious to, or you're you're pretty curious to answer this question, and uh, I figured you'd be a good person to ask. And I I I've been well documented as uh my opinions on this but i'm we're gonna ask you about this what do you think of chelsea dagger oh man (laughs) i just we could do better (laughs) we could do we could do a whole lot better yeah i uh i wrote probably i don't know 2011 an entire post on alternative songs the blackhawks could use other than chelsea dagger and yeah. of course they had a metal flavor to them. You know, it was like yeah. seek and destroy from Metallica. And, you oh. know, it was pretty much a bunch of metal songs, but you know, they had really cool intros and stuff like that just because it's hokey. And uh, there's a, a lot of other things that could be involved too with the song, you know, the meaning of the song, what it's actually about. And I, I didn't even, yeah, I mean, it should, it sh- I just, it should be like more aggressive than it is. I mean, yeah. there's so many when they come out, you know, there's so many great songs that they play throughout the game. Yeah. And then that's our goal song. Yeah. And, and even like, you know, they they 
they use uh, Ted Nugent when they yes. come out, which is better. It's a better option to me. Absolutely. But, but I, I, you know, uh, when they uh, when they go on the penalty kill, they play Seek and Destroy from Metallica. Yep. You hear it every time they go on the kill at home. So it's not like they're not using it. And uh, we used to have, you know, we used to have, you know, little correspondence with Ray Kramer, who used to do the uh, the sound at the United Center, but he has since disappeared from social media. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we I used to always continuously tell him, you know, what how I how I enjoyed his music selections with In Flames and Tool and yeah and stuff like that. But uh, I didn't give him too much yeah. crap about playing too much Pearl Jam because Mark Lazarus is a big uh, Pearl Jam <laughs> guy, and I I am not so. Um, just it just needs to be something else. I mean, even like Disturbed. Disturbed's from Chicago, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, why not a Disturbed song? And and you sent me that picture of the drum kit with the hawk stuff on it. Yep. Like, why is why is it not a Disturbed song? Yeah, Mike Wengren from uh, the drummer from Disturbed has always been a huge Blackhawks fan, enormous Blackhawks fan. He has a Blackhawks tattoo. Uh, I, I he's been a Blackhawks fan for years. I can remember you know, 20 years ago, sitting in a hotel room talking about, he wanted, I wanted to talk about music. He wanted to talk about hockey. He wanted to talk about goaltending, you know, quirks. And I wanted to talk about music. And it's like, you know, here they are, they're world famous band now this day and, or these days. Oh yeah. And, uh, they have songs that could have been used. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's who's making that decision, but. Uh, oh, that's Hawk marketing. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know if it's actually the marketing department, but to change that song would be a marketing department decision because it's part of the whole experience now and the identity and the brand of the team. And, you know, they, uh, they like to present a, you know, a certain image out to the public that may or may not actually, you know, jive with, <laughs> you know, who the players really are in real life, et cetera. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, there was this whole mythology that they, that they marketed heavily for, a number of years that Kane and Taves were like best pals on and off the ice. They were like Butch and Sundance. And the, the truth of the matter is, is off the ice. They weren't exactly the, they weren't, you know, they didn't hate each other, but they weren't They're They're not, they're not this, the kind of guys that typically would hang out off the ice either, you know? Sure. And, and uh, um, so the, the, that's a Hawk marketing thing. You know, that song, they're going to, they're going to ride that one right into the ground. I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it now. It's it's just part of Blackhawks lore now, I, and uh, <laughs> but I don't have to like it, and I don't like it. I mean, I deal with it because I deal with it because it brings good feelings in the fa- you know that you know I, every time I hear it because I don't listen, I won't listen to it other than the Blackhawks game, but it it elicits good feelings because good things happen when it's come on, and, and so I get yeah. that part of it. But I don't really like the hokiness of the song, and because yeah. I'm not really a pop music kind of guy either. I get, you know, some pop music I get and I like, but very little. I'm more of, you know, a rock metal guy. And John, I know your taste is in rock and metal, and clearly, yep. Patrick, yours, your taste is kind of in, uh, in in the in the rock metal type of uh, genre too, for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I'm sure you're pretty diverse, but um, I know, yeah, I know. I guess this. I guess the only reason it doesn't bother me so bad is because it means we scored a goal, but right. Outside of that, I just I think it could be something better. Well, I I know that there's a particular goal song that um, you'd probably be just as stoked as I am about, and that's the Dallas Stars goal song. 
Yes. Because it's written by Dimebag Daryl, who obviously you and I are both big fans of from Pantera. Uh, Daryl and uh, Vinnie Paul wrote it. Yeah, they win win the goal song. Yeah. The goal song battle for sure. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, that that will always hold a place in my heart. And uh, 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 my friend uh, Selena from from Dallas will be happy to hear that because she's a... She's a big metalhead herself, so she's happy. She's happy anyway because the stars have been just wearing the Blackhawks out. Yeah, so she should be happy anyway. Well, yeah, and I was giving her a lot of crap last year because the Blackhawks were just rolling over them last year. So yeah, uh, it's probably deserved that I get uh, (laughs) that I get a little crap back. But we went down there last year, and and speaking of other arenas, uh, my uh, my friend and I. went down last year, last season, uh, like about Thanksgiving time to go watch the Blackhawks play in Dallas. And, you know, we were raising a little hell. We weren't being like crazy, like, you know, obnoxious, but we were raising a little hell because we're Blackhawks fans in an opposing building. And there was a guy behind us who was, you know, uh, you could probably find the picture on Instagram somewhere where he had a, he had a Blackhawks jersey on and a sign that said, you know, bandwagon Blackhawks fans and, he was a very, he basically reminded me of uh, Randy Quaid, <laughs> just the way he was screaming the entire game. And, but he, you know, like we were talking to him and he was very cool. Him and his uh, girlfriend or wife, like they were super cool. And even though they were giving us crap, we were giving them crap back. And, but it wasn't, it was all in good fun. It was just, you know, a playful banter back and forth. And so, I mean, even in Dallas, uh, there was actually, Funny story is uh, when we were getting ready to go into the game for da- for the game uh, for the game across the street there was a little bar and we walked into the bar and there wasn't one Dallas Stars jersey in there it was entirely full of people wearing Blackhawks jerseys oh I love that yeah it was very cool and uh, there was definitely a lot of Blackhawks fans down there I was shocked at the you know at the amount of Blackhawks fans that were down there for a November game so well. Uh, one uh, one last little question before we kind of really dig deep more into the Blackhawks stuff, and I, I thought you you might be a good person to bring this up to, and I because I know some of the band, or at least you know a decent amount of the band is from Seattle. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this talk about you know the uh, the NHL you know expanding to Seattle? Oh, it'd be great. I mean, do you spend a lot? Have you spent I, a lot of time in Seattle? Yeah, and I actually um, Yogi, our our drummer, and mm-hmm. I we lived there um, for like a year. Okay. Um, so I, that's one of my favorite cities ever. Um, and especially for the boys, I'd, I'd love it if they had a, a hockey team to go see there. Um, an NHL team anyway. Yeah. Right. Um, but I just think it'd be awesome, but they got what, what name are they going to pick? Yeah. I don't know. They, well, they haven't even got that far yet, but they're, <laughs> they're, 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 they are doing the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> preliminaries. And, uh, so the, I think they're going to, you know, do test marketing and all that stuff in it, but uh, are are, are any of the other guys in the band like hockey fans at all, or they just kind of feed off of you? Yeah. I think they just want to uh, have maybe a a team that would, that would rival mine. Um, (laughs) There you go. That that may not be that hard to do at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They'd be psyched. Um, I know John, our, our bass player, he said he used to go see uh, some of the, the minor league hockey teams there. Okay. Um, so he'd be excited about it. He's a big Seahawks fan. So any anything Seattle, he'd be pretty excited about. That's that's awesome. That's one of my big one of my favorite cities too. Uh, 
So I mean, we were we were oh. there last year and we just had a blast there. Oh, it's so, so nice. Yeah, it is very, and, it, and you can just run up to Vancouver if you want, and yeah, it's, and it's only a couple hours down the road. So I, I saw someone talking about today that they were going to uh, going from Seattle up to Vancouver to see the Blackhawks play, and they were upset because of the uh, Crawford news. Oh yeah, <sighs> yeah. So anyway, well, enough uh, geeking over metal for right now. Maybe <laughs> there may be a little more. So uh, <laughs> yeah, John's giving us crap on Twitter already. <laughs> we'll get back we'll get it we'll kind of get into our uh, more of our geek mode which is the actual blackhawks so yeah so anyway um moving uh, shifting gears just a little bit uh the blackhawks were oh and two uh over the last week it was a slow week obviously because of the christmas holiday um they lost four nothing in dallas didn't show much of anything they lost four one in new jersey didn't show much of anything um uh, John, what you say about these games? The last two games, yeah. Uh, it's been this. It's been you know like a cold slap of reality. You know, it's like waking up after a three day bender. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you need like yeah, a big bottle of Pedialyte. <laughs> the first game, I forget. I forget who who was who did we played. Was Dallas, wasn't it? The first game, yeah, Dallas and then New Jersey, yeah. So they, the number, the Hawks numbers in the in the Dallas game were not terrible. Um, they, they overall it wasn't that bad of a game. The New Jersey game, uh, they just you know both both games, I felt like, and again this is totally subjective, very hard to measure, but I felt like their effort on fifty fifty pucks was not great. They were getting beaten uh, along the boards um, on on loose pucks quite a bit, and. It reminded me of some games earlier in the season where they came out the same way. They just seemed very tentative, um, not not real competitive, and um, you know. But again, that's entirely subjective, real hard to quantify. Um, you know, Crawford getting pulled, which um, I don't think had anything to do with this this injury, by the way, in terms of what we're we're hearing. But Crawford getting pulled was, uh, you know, in, in the last game was was. Uh, Bit of a downer. I thought Forsberg came in and played pretty well, except for that one um, that one breakaway where he got uh, pretty pretty much faked out of his jock. But the pants. I mean, <laughs> otherwise, yeah. he was he was pretty good. And I mean, but that was like the really the highlight of that game. Um, I don't know. This is a tough team to 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 really gauge. I mean, they're they're up and then they're down. I think it's it's a symptom of having a lot of young players who are still kind of learning on the job. Um, you know, that, that sort of lack of consistency and, and, um, kind of lack of, of, you know, psychic self-confidence, I guess. And, uh, I'm really anxious to see now that they've had a few days off, they're playing against not the toughest competition, um, in the league in Vancouver. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how they come out and, you know, they could get hot again. Um, that, you know, they've gotten really hot a couple few times this year, and then they go into these these funks, and that's that's the part that I think is probably driving Coinville crazy. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, Patrick and I were kind of talking about this right before you came on, and I kind of had it in the notes, and he, he was like, this is spot on how I feel about it, which is uh, this team is truly Jekyll and Hyde, uh, which kind of describes this team. I mean, when they're on, they're on, but when they're off, they're off. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot in between. 
It's like oh. the the wheels are falling off or they're at a hundred miles an hour. So, yeah, I mean, you know, going back kind of over the games, I mean, the Dallas game, uh, sharp, uh, was finally healthy scratched, which, you know, everyone has been calling for, uh, Ken, Ken Hitchcock ended up with, you know, coaching went 800, Ben and Sagan to kind of clown the Hawks pretty much. But I kind of agree with you about uh, what you said about, you know, the Hawks, the numbers themselves weren't, if you just look at the numbers, weren't that bad. They, uh, you know, the, the shots were low. Blackhawks only gave up like 22 shots. Uh, that's pretty good on the road against a team like Dallas. Uh, but, you know, just, it seemed like every chance, every quality chance Dallas had ended up in the net. And the Blackhawks just couldn't seem to generate any serious pressure on the other end of the, the rink. And even though Ben Bishop, and I went back and watched the game on DVR, and Ben Bishop looked shaky for like at least the first half of the game. Yeah. So, yeah, he was getting up a lot of slop. Yeah, he was. And, you know, for a guy who supposedly is one of the top, you know, or at least in the past couple of years, one of the top Fezina guys, uh, he didn't look all that great to me. So, and, and you know, when, when Steve Conroy is, you know, pointing stuff like that out, then, you know, it's really obvious to everyone. So, but, <laughs> uh, Steve Conroy. Yeah, yeah, he's going to take, he's awful. He's going to take a beating. I hope he doesn't listen. I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't though. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he could figure a podcast out. So, <laughs> But uh, and then the uh, the four one loss to New Jersey uh, that looked bad too. I mean, uh, or uh, that looked way worse actually uh, than than the Dallas game. You know, Crawford gave up three goals on seven shots, but he didn't have a lot of uh, he really didn't have a lot of uh, help. And uh, you know, I know that's the the textbook goalie excuse, but didn't none of those goals were on him were really were really bad, and none of them were really him. No, you know, no, and. and I was listening to it on the radio uh, before I watched it again over. Um, and Troy Murray was beside himself after the first goal. The Blackhawks aren't handling the puck well at all. This is poor puck management. It's terrible. They're not out here. They're not prepared to play. And this is after the first goal in the first two minutes of the game. He was just livid. So well, there was like a season's worth of poor puck management on that first goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I watched it back and I was like, oh, he, he's not lying. So. No. Yeah, so, you know, Crawford gets pulled after three goals. Forsberg comes in. He faced 23 shots. Played a pretty decent game. He stopped a penalty shot. Um, but, you know, the breakaway he did get kind of clowned on. But, I mean, what are you going to do? They're down 3 nothing. Blackhawks have to try and generate some sort of offense, so they're going to have to take chances. And, uh, you know, I guess I, I'm not going to fault them on that one. No, but, I'm not either. But the Blackhawks, uh, the one lone uh, bright spot in the game was – you know, I, I don't want to have to apologize about this, but Patrick Kane scored his 300th career goal. So, uh, you know, we don't want to shed too much light on it and get in trouble for, for uh, show, you know, giving too much credit that to a player. It's warming up. Yeah. We speak. Yeah. For, for acknowledging what a player did on the ice. So, uh, <clears throat> but the Blackhawks did outshoot the Devils 40 to 29. So they had a 22, 22 shot second period, which is. That's pretty good, but when you start out the game giving up three goals and seven shots, uh, you know, for a team like the Blackhawks, uh, it's not easy. You know, they can't just flip that switch and come back, you know, and score four goals. And you know, the other thing too is, um, 
I don't know. I, I, I do think that shots matter, the, the number of shots, the number of shots you get through, et cetera, on your net. But there are also, you know, if you look at, at shot charts, you know, sometimes you can have a, a boatload of, of shots and they're all from, you know, bad angles and pretty. And I mean, I, I don't know. It just it seemed like in the New Jersey game, a lot of the, the Hawks business was done from outside. Schneider was also very good when the Hawks did have good chances. He was just very good. He is a good goalie too. He is a very yeah. good goalie. So you don't want to, you don't want to, it's one of those teams where it's like, you don't want to get down early because then you, they have a goalie they can depend on. Right. It's kind of like what the Blackhawks used to be, you know, before they had problems scoring goals. But you know, in those yeah. games, when, when the Blackhawks jump out to big leads early, like other teams, when you got to face Corey Crawford and you know, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but you know, when you got to face Corey Crawford uh, and you're down three goals, like you're, you, you're, you've got quite a hill to climb. So, yeah, so, but segueing, um, today, uh, a surprise announcement by the Blackhawks and, uh, yeah, everyone's kind of shocked about this one. Uh, but, uh, Corey Crawford was put back on IR, which means he's going to be out for a minimum seven days, which basically uh, has him out for four games because they play three. Yeah. They three, they play three games in four. And then they have another game next Wednesday, so I think he still has to be out for that game too. Yeah, and I think they're going to ride Forsberg uh, pretty much throughout. Yeah, I can't it's, see Jeff Glass getting any time. Too. Yeah, but uh, they they did recall Jeff Glass because Jeff Perube is hurt. Uh, he hurt his ankle or leg, knee, whatever. And so he's still supposed to be out for you know probably till the end of January at least. So they had to call a recall Jeff Glass. So he's your backup right now. Your 32 year old backup who yeah. has like what uh, maybe no games in the NHL. I don't think he has any games played in the NHL. Mm. Lots of KHL games, but uh, I could actually look that up now. But they, I'll look it up. Yeah, they recalled uh, Glass and then David Kampf too, which was also another surprising move. Uh, <clears throat> and we that had totally. I mean. I think that uh, I think they like Camp as a as a lower line guy, and quite honestly, I think I think Camp you know Camp is also more of a natural center. They don't really have in their in their bottom six. They don't have a lot of natural centers, and uh, you know Tommy Tommy Wingles is really better on the wing, and pretty much all those guys on the third line are better on the wing. So um, I think that's part of it. I mean, because the the faceoffs, especially on the penalty kill, ooh, not good. I no. mean. To, to, uh, there's been a goal in each game, the last two games, coming off of just horrible, clean face-off losses in their zone. Yeah, I find it kind of funny. Yeah, I find it kind of funny when people dismiss the whole face-off thing. And to a degree, I get it. You know, neutral zone face-offs are, you know, they are sure. what they are. But, you know, deep deep in each zone, like those face-offs are pretty important. You want to have and, control. And special teams, they're, they're critical. Yeah. Because you, you've got a man advantage or man down situation, and Gaining possession of the puck is is critical, and yeah. So these you know hockey experts who tell you that faceoffs don't matter. Well, yes, you're right. In certain situations, they're they're, they're kind of negligible, but in other situations, they're critically important. And they just sound like idiots when they say that. So yeah, right. Off the soapbox now. <laughs> Are you for taking now. notes, Patrick? <laughs> yeah, for, for about the next five maybe. Five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so they they called up Kampf, which I don't know. 
Um, you know, I, like I said, I was surprised. They're a little bit over on players anyway. Um, they're at 23 now because Cody Franzen was never pulled off of IR. So they've, they're going to, they're going to be sitting two forwards and two defensemen. Well, one defenseman because, uh, Franzen is still on IR, but they're going to be sitting two forwards and a defenseman every game now. Uh, and you know, at first I didn't think that Kampf would really see any time, but according to our, uh, Rockford expert, Mr. Mario Tarabasi, if you're not following him, Mario underscore Tarabasi on uh, Twitter, uh, he is deep diving on a lot of this stuff. Uh, he brought us some information just prior to us starting to record. And, uh, one of them was that uh, Kampf was actually playing third line with Debrinket and Hinnestroza. He saw, yep. and then uh, Sharp was kind of Sharp and uh, Hartman were kind of rotating in, I guess. And and it, yeah, apparently those lines are very um, uh, changeable, very in flux, fluid <laughs> from yeah. the, noise, the notes that I saw. So. I wouldn't read too much into that, but I, I get a feeling camp is going to play a little bit. And I think it's, again, I think it's because they, they want to get more of a pure center, another pure center on the roster. Cause uh, I, I think both of those uh, penalty kill goals they gave up, I think uh, Schmaltz was the center on both of them. It could and be. he just got yeah. spooled at the dot. And um, so, you know, the puck ended up in the back of the net both times. So I think that, I think they want to address that. Yeah. I was, I'm still not sold on Schmaltz as a center while everyone wants to sell us that. It sounds a lot like the Galchenyuk Montreal gibberish yeah. about they want to sell him on, you know, he's a center, he's a center, he should be a center, we want to try him at center, we're going to try him at center. You know what, if he play, if he works better at left wing, just put, leave him at left wing, let him play, you know, it's... Toyota's on is on. Put him where... Toyota comes that with our no-cost maintenance yeah. plan. <laughs> Uh, that's all right. That's <laughs> that's those wonderful web designers in their autoplay videos. I would assume. Yeah, that's right? on Jeff Glass's hockey TV page. There you go. Yeah. He, by the way, he has not played one game in the NHL. Yeah. So the chances are he probably won't. Uh, this is good news for my boy, though, Colin Delia. Uh, that means he's going well, unless they just you know leapfrog him with Tompkins. Uh, he's going to get some time because they. Uh, Rockford plays a very rare back-to-back-to-back game. Uh, It's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. They play three games in a row. So uh, I can't see, you know, well, I don't think Dealey's going to play all three. I can't see him not getting time. So I think he's... Yeah, he'll play. Yeah, he's going to, I think he's going to get his steady diet of of games. And I kind of alluded to this morning, team from... uh, your old neck of the woods, Patrick, uh, the Iowa Wild. Uh, yeah, they're uh, they're going to be playing them, and Zach Parise will be down there in a conditioning stint. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Delia, welcome to the AHL, and yeah. here is Zach Parise to face. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, another thing that our boy Mario kind of uh, alluded to, and uh, kind of informed us uh, was that the the injury the Crawford injury seems to be an upper, upper body injury which is uh not what he was nursing before so this seems to be like a new injury um who knows what it is at this point we're still you know getting bits and pieces dribs and drabs but uh I don't know I I honestly don't know what it is uh it doesn't look like he could have got hurt in practice for all we know you know, I, I read something, and again, there's a lot of 
crazy crap out there about this right now, and and I would not. None of it bears repeating. Beyond, I did I did see something that somebody said he hurt his back, could and be. Uh, that could be uh, you know we'll have to see that that could be a bad thing. Uh, yeah, for uh, especially us old guys know about hurting your back, right? Oh yeah, I know all about that. Boom, nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I yeah, but uh, let's let's not speculate. Too much on uh, off the ice stuff, and that's all I'll say about that. Yeah. Before we uh, really truly know what's going on here, so. Uh, our friend, our friend, I have to repeat this. This was just too funny. Our friend, the governor William J. Lopetamain, in our Hawks chat, um, put a little bit in there a minute ago, saying that he thinks that Crawford read a certain person's book and then threw himself down a flight. <laughs> 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 So a little shout out to our uh, our good friend the go- the good governor to the honorable William uh, J. Lepetamine governor. <laughs> yeah, who is our Photoshop master? Uh, our official Photoshop artist of the rink.com. Yes, yes. Formerly of puckinhostel.com, which provided much in the way of laughs for that. So So as far as the Blackhawks go, um Henestros has been a healthy scratch, Sharp's been a healthy scratch. He was sharp was a healthy scratch and then promoted immediately to the first line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, I saw that and I just like uh, epic face palm. Yeah. That it's like, you know, you finally get him out of the lineup and what's the first thing Q does goes right back to the old faithful and then throws him right on the first line, which I don't, I don't, I don't see how he was going to, you know, do anything to change that, you know, change the first line, make it any better. And I, I don't know. What, what was your opinion on it, John? Well, he didn't. And, you know, it's funny because I, I apparently he was skating with those guys today um, on the first line again. And I, again, here's the other thing too. I've, there's been a lot of talk chatter on, on, on the interwebs about tapes the last few days. Um, and, you know, one of the questions I got was, well, you know, what are we going to do with the first line? You know, can they make it a third line? And and the reality of it is, it's it's not. You know, I I don't put a lot of stock in whichever line rolls out there for the first face off of the game. It's more kind of really where the other team you know matches up their defensemen. They put their best uh, pair out against a certain line. That's your first line. You know, um, I think Taves' line is really now more of a second line, um, and kind of really has been the last couple of years anyway. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> But Sharp, to me, he just, you know, he gives, you know, he gives really good effort. You could tell he's he's not a guy who's out there coasting, but he's 35 years old. He's had a lot of injuries, and he just, you know, and it, Ed, Edzo said it perfectly. I think it was on WGN the other night with Lauren Majera. He said, you know, the mind is willing, but the body just can't do it anymore. I mean, I thought that was actually really bold that he said that. I mean, he's calling it, you know, basically what everybody sees out there is that Sharp just doesn't have anything left, and. So, you know, I don't think I don't think he's the answer anymore. And, and you know, Taves separately, um, you know, I, I kind of arrived at an interesting theory about about Taves and what may yet happen with him. We can talk about that later, I guess. <laughs> with Taves. Yeah. We got a yeah. couple of questions we can we yep. can address with that. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, I, I, it's, it's just one of those infuriating things. And it, it something happens every year with with Q and his infuriating little fascinations, you know, putting, you know, playing certain people when they really haven't really earned it. They're just, 
you know, a, you know, a figurehead or whatever. Uh, you know, I get the, I get the Seabrook thing. He's been here through the thick and the thin. He's been here for, you know, a decade. Like he, he's a leader in the locker room. I get that. You know, you moved him down the line up where he should be, but Sharps was gone for two years. Like I, you know, I, I understand that he could be a bit, you know, of a, you know, somewhat of a, a mentor to some young guys in the locker room. And that's fi- all fine and well, yeah. but, um, you know, he was gone. Like he's not a captain anymore. Like they, the team moved on from him. And if you want to use him as a mentor and play him every, you know, every, you know, every other game or whatever, that's fine. But forcing him in the lineup, they're going to play in the, you know, play with Taze, who's having enough problems that is, you know, consistently scoring. You throw a guy in the line who isn't scoring. I don't see how that's going to wake anyone up or make anyone any better. But yeah, I think it's a testament to Q. Just he's he's just rearranging the deck chairs and and just trying to see if he can find some chemistry. Um, I, I don't think he's got a lot of answers right now, and so he's just trying different things. And sure, throw Sharp out there, see what he can do. I mean, um, I don't know. It's it's just it's it. That's what it looks like. Yeah, well, I guess we're going to see what happens tomorrow. Uh, you know, Vancouver, while their record isn't all that great, they, they have some young talent on that team. So, uh, you know, and Anders Nielsen's playing well for them. So they, 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 there, there are some bright spots for that team. And if the Blackhawks play down to their competition, which they have done several times, you know, Vancouver could surprise them. Uh, there's yeah. no, there's no sure Horvath, things with this team. Horvath and Berchi are not playing tomorrow night. Who's it? There's uh, Chris Tanev. Yeah. So they're, they're a little banged up. Yeah. Well, I, I guess we'll see. I mean, they, I don't know. <laughs> it's frustrating. It really is frustrating <laughs> at this, at this time of the year. I mean, things should be figured out a little better than they are. And, and right now they're probably just as questionable as they were, you know, game one. So. Still just trying to figure anything out at this point. Yeah. I mean, the defense, the defense is the one bright spot at this point. You know, it seems like any one of the eight they throw in there seems to be, you know, doing okay or at least well yeah. enough to, to continue playing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. I mean, I thought that, um, I thought Forsling had a pretty bad game in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, that's the thing when people, you know, people start piling on Kempney. You know, it, it, the truth of the matter is, Kempney could go out and have a really good game, like he did. Uh, I want to say that, that was Winnipeg, and uh, you know, then Osterley goes out and has a good game the following night. But you know, Osterley, it's just, it's just all these narratives start emerging about these guys. Like Kempney sucks; he can't do anything right. But but the truth of the matter is, he'll go out and have some great games. And then Osterley is the second coming of Bobby Orr, apparently. But then you <laughs> see him in the same game just get completely turn styled or turn over pucks like nobody's business. So it's all these guys they're, they're, they're young guys that overall they're playing really well. That's my point. But I guess it's to also say that, you know, none of these guys are, are that bad. None of these guys are they They all have some value. And I think Keith is playing eh, pretty well this year. Seabrook's come around since the beginning of the year when he was terrible, you know, um, it's actually, and root has been great. You know, root has been a pretty solid all year. And, uh, so yeah, I, the defense is is actually even with the number of young guys they have, they've been pretty solid. Yeah, just speaking of narratives and stuff, uh, it's funny you bring that up. I was reading something today, and just one of the headlines, and I can't remember which publication it was, but 
like the first sentence was, you know, Cody Franzen and Jan Ruda have lost their jobs due to injury, which is not true. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, you know, they're they're sitting them out a couple extra games to heal injuries, but they're when when they're healthy and they're hundred percent, they're coming back in the lineup. You no, know, Ruda's already back. Right. You know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, you know, Osterley, he makes you know he makes some nice plays. He's got great feet. He's he's a really good passer, you know, out of the zone the first pass out, but he's a he's a real adventure in his own end. Um, uh, and you know, I think Franson, they, one of the things they like about him is that even though he's like glacially slow, he's uh, he's really smart and uh, he thinks the game well and keeps his mistake level low. And um, I have a feeling he's going to be back in there, you know, as soon as he's ready to go. Well, it's kind of like Michael Roosevelt, why they kept him around so long. I mean, he yeah. was slow as hell, but. Yeah, he was smart, and you trusted him, and right? So that's why he ended up, you know, sticking around for you know two seasons longer than he should have, right? You know, post ankle shattering. Right. So, yeah. So, well, that's that's kind of really you know where we are as far as like what the Blackhawks are going. I mean, it was just you know like last week it's like we see a lot of promise. This week it's like we see no promise. It's yeah. week to week. It's so frustrating that uh, you can't really. We can't really nail anything down. Uh, so I, we're just going to have to play it by ear. They play three games in four days. Um, so that, that's going to be a telltale sign with a backup goalie in net and at least one of their formerly starting defensemen uh, out with an injury with Franzen. So, yeah, you just hope that uh... – you know, Forsberg holds it down pretty well, so we don't have to see glass. Yeah, yeah, and, that could uh, that could be uh, shades of uh, Alec Richards, yeah, from years previous. Alec Richards, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, I remember watching that game when he came in and he basically gave up a goal on the first shot he faced. I'm like, oh god. But uh, yeah. another a similar story, and you kind of brought this up too, was uh, Ivan Nailamoff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't even have this on the outline, but uh, since you kind of brought it up in our pre-chat, uh, there were rumors this week that the, basically the team that they uh, that he played for, and he's he had very good stats in the KHL, but he's been in the, you know, he's in the KHL, and uh, the team that he played for wasn't able to pay the salaries of the, t- uh, of the players, so basically just released all the, the star players. And uh, there was some talk that he could be heading over uh, to the United States for the, you know, to start, you know, developing with the Blackhawks. But uh, my question was where, uh, you know, they would have to jam him in somewhere in Rockford. I mean, now it's easy to say a week later or days later yeah. when, you know, you got Brube hurt and Crawford hurt. But when those guys aren't hurt, where do you put them? I mean, they're, they're right. one goalie in India, they're one goalie heavy and, uh, you know, Rockford, they don't seem, you know, they're goal. They don't have a goalie problem. So. Yeah. It's not, and it's kind of not like the Hawks to, to do that, to, to make a move like that. That's, you know, almost like a desperation move or, you know, they, they've gone, they've become an organization that generally speaking over indexes on, you know, developing guys, you know, in the minors or over in Europe as long as, as long as they can. And, um, so I, that's, that's something I, I don't, unless there was really an acute need and he was really, really good, you know, otherwise I, I, that's not something I could see them doing. 
Yeah, and I, 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 my general impression was that the Blackhawks were not happy when he played when he was here last year and, and played that one game in the preseason against Detroit. And like, uh, he got shelled in that first period. He basically had a Corey Crawford against New Jersey first period. And yeah. uh, they they immediately, you know, he, he, he flew over here, played one game, and then was sent right back to Russia. No. Uh, that's not usually a good sign. No. So I also, I'm somewhat skeptical of really big numbers in Europe. I mean, uh, Lars Johansson uh, had great numbers in Sweden the year before he came over. And, you know, <laughs> where's he now? You mean Lar- back in Sweden, isn't he? You mean Lars Johansson, as they yeah. as they requested his name be pronounced? <laughs> yeah, he's back there now, so he's back in the KHL or whatever. Uh, that's just you know it was was a, an interesting little bit of information with uh, the goalie stuff, but he he signed with another team in the KHL, so he's not coming over now. So, uh, like with a uh, you know like Shalunov and players like that, like they're they're not rushing to come over here. <laughs> forgive the pun, but they're not Russian to come over here. <laughs> so, but uh, that's, that's it really. As far as like what the Blackhawks go, I mean, just, just, you know, it's back down to the, the bottom of the pits for uh, at least, you know, until tomorrow when we'll see what happens, uh, you know, in, in kind of a side news, uh, just uh, if you're not following the uh, world junior championships, uh, it's probably something you might want to, you know, if you're interested in Blackhawks prospects, there's uh, five of them playing in the world junior championships uh, right now in Buffalo. Uh, and that's uh, Yuki Haro who scored in his first game. Yeah. Uh, Tim Soderlund, a uh, player that Mario and uh, Mario and I and uh, Aaron, Aaron all saw uh, this summer in camp and we were very impressed with. And then, uh, you know, a couple of other players, uh, Russian and Czech players, which is Andre Altibarmakian, <laughs> uh, Arthur, Arthur uh, Kayumov. Kayumov. Yeah, and uh, Jacob Galvis, who's a defenseman. That were uh, They were all draft picks this year. And uh, so uh, keep an eye out on them. Mario's been doing a pretty good job uh, keeping up kind of with the prospect stuff. Uh you know, tweet, tweeting out, uh, you know, what, what each player's done. So if you're not following him, Mario underscore Tarabasi, uh, I retweet him constantly. And, uh, so I, we've been retweeting him from the rink account. So uh, if you're not following him, I don't know what you're doing, but, uh, make sure you pay attention to what he is, uh, coming from the, uh, at least from the ice hogs side of things and the uh, world junior side of things. Cause he's got, he's, uh, got, he's pretty tuned in. So, yeah. Yeah, he's got. And, uh, if you get a chance, check these guys, these these players out. I have not seen all of these players play. Not, I have not even seen a majority of them play. But I saw Yoki Harju play um, in the preseason, and he's this that guy's got some talent. He really does. Yeah. If if he can become a as good a player moving back into his own end and in his own end as he is coming up the ice, the Hawks are going to have a really really good defenseman in a few years. Yeah. Um, but because coming up the ice, man, is he, he is just gifted. He almost looks like a forward in terms of his moves with the puck and how he how he manages and controls the puck. Reminds me a little bit of like a Phil Housley in that regard. Um, so he's a very exciting kid to watch. The question is, you know, how good he's going to be in his end. And that's not to say he's bad. It's just that I think that's more of a question mark right now with him. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we can kind of go into questions a little bit. We're at about 
we're just under an hour, so we can uh, wrap up with some questions. I know there's a couple here Patrick can jump in on. Um, the first one, which you kind of mentioned a little earlier, from Jim Schwartz, 81. He's a first-time question asker. Uh, he actually asked this early on last week, or late last week, sorry. Uh, he said, what's with Jonathan Taze? Is he on the decline? If not, why isn't he scoring? Uh, John, you got any insight on that? Uh, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go by what I've heard, um, that he apparently suffered a back injury in the World Cup of Hockey last in the summer of 2016 that uh, plagued him for quite a, a, a big portion of last year. He started to feel better um, after the after the turn of the year into 2017. Started playing better, and then he sort of tapered off again. Um, if when I watch games, I see I see opposing defensemen target cross checks into his lower back a lot, and I don't I don't know if that's just uh, you know happenstance or um, coincidence, but it sure seems like there's a book out there that Taze has a back issue and to go after his back. And, you know, just in terms of, you know, how he looks on the ice, uh, he, you know, he just doesn't seem to have the jump and the strength on his skates that he used to have. And, you know, my theory is, is if there's if there's a serious back issue there, um, you know, where does that go? I mean, does, does he someday go on long term IR like Hosa? Um, I don't know. You know, there's that 10, 10.5 million dollar cap hit. Um, I, you know, I. A lot of a lot of smart hockey people have told me that if, if they were to try to, to trade Taves, there would be takers out there right now, even with his drop off in production. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because if, you know, they brought Sod back to, to kind of reignite Taves. And I, I think it's it's very questionable whether that's actually working. And if that doesn't work, well, then, you know, what do you do? Because you don't have any money to go out and get another guy. Um, who's going to, you know, make a meaningful difference playing with Taves. And, and maybe it, it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, maybe it's Taves and that's it, you know. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, I've, I've always been a big, big Jonathan Taves fan. But at some point, you know, it, we're going on three seasons now where his, his production's really fallen off. Uh, you know, it, it, you got to start looking at him. Yeah, I the the only thing I can think of, and and Johnny Utah actually touched on this too, so he actually basically asked kind of the same question, and you kind of mentioned a lot with the salary, so I just want to bring him into this conversation as well. But uh, you know, the only thing I can think of is try to try to give him kind of the Seabrook treatment and take a little bit of the load off, take him off the penalty kill, you know, uh, limit his power play time a little bit, uh, you know, don't give him so much of the the you know. The, the hard defensive assignments take some of the load off of him. Maybe it'll, you know, open him up for a little bit more scoring. That's the only, the only thing I can think of. Well, I think that's another reason that they want that, that they want to, you know, fortify the center position on the lower lines because um, Taves is the only center they have on the team right now. Who's over 50% on faceoffs, and between the, between five on five power play, a penalty kill, he takes faceoffs in all those situations, and I've I've actually heard that he has in the past lobbied them, and this led to the um, the Vermet trade in, in 2015. He's lobbied them to get him, you know, somebody who can who can take the load off of him, especially in the penalty kill situations. 
Um, so that could be part of the reason that they're, they're toying around with camp. I don't know what his faceoff numbers are like down at Rockford. I don't think the AHL actually keeps faceoff stats, but I'm, I'm almost wondering if he isn't, you know, one of those guys who's, who's potentially a 50% plus guy. And they feel like, you know, that, that they could pull him. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. That's just a guess. Um, and that would make sense. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, why they would do, you know, that instead of high more, you know, a, a true center depth center who could play, uh, you know, all special team or special teams and could win faceoffs. I mean, I could understand why they would want that. Yeah. I don't so, know. Yeah. I guess, I guess we're going to find out <laughs> the hard way. Uh, brain sprain. Do you think, and this is not a Blackhawks thing, but he's a, uh, brain sprain says, uh, do you guys think Tavares will stay on the island? And uh, what is the works? What is in the works with Belmont? If so, uh, could his cap hit be near McDavid's? Um, I think he. I think he does a. I think he does a Stamkos and stays, just because yeah, it seems too. like one of Probably. those guys. But uh, yeah, I, I yeah, and you could max him out too. Uh, you know, a 10 or 11 or whatever. Uh, I think he would deserve something like that. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot about that situation, but just with a player of his stature profile, and there doesn't seem to be from anything I've heard, any kind of, um, you know, issue there with him and the team or any of his teammates. Um, usually those guys end up staying put you know, and, and not going anywhere else. But I don't know enough about the situation to really say one way or the other. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Uh, we kind of talked about World Juniors. Brainstorm actually asked, uh, can Team USA repeat? Uh, sure, maybe. <laughs> I don't think we're we're not the junior experts, but they look pretty good in their first game, that's for sure. Yep. You know, winning like 9 nothing against Denmark, but it's Denmark. So, you know. Uh, Ken Kallenbach. What's that? Denmark without Peter Regan. Yeah, no kidding. Blackhawk legend Peter Regan. <laughs> Duh and or hello. Uh, Ken Kallenbach, is Rasmus Dallin worth tanking for? Or tanking? I don't know. I copied it I copied it verbatim, so it says, is Rasmus Dallin <laughs> worth tanking? Uh, I, I, I'm going to answer it that way. Is he worth tanking for? Yeah. Um, I mean... You know, franchise defensemen, you know, like Eric Carlson, stuff like that, like they don't come around very often. You know, even when no. you get you even when you get like Ek, uh uh what's his face from uh, Florida? Ekblad. Yeah. Like I mean he was, you know, number one and he's just a good defenseman <laughs> right now in the NHL. So if Dallin has, you know, the, the, the tools to be like the next, you know, Eric Carlson like, yes, you want that. I mean, Eric Carlson willed that team into the Stanley Cup final last year on half a foot. So, yeah. And especially <laughs> because you got Duncan Keith now, I think, getting pretty close to 35 years old. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to, you know, if you're going to keep this system and this coaching staff or, or you know, a, a coach of a similar uh, philosophy, you're going to want that uh, that elite, you know, top number one defenseman to drive that system, which Duncan Keith has been. So, yeah, I mean, do, do I see the Hawks tanking this year? Uh, you know, we've had that conversation before, you know, but uh, 
you know, would they like to get get their hands on a, on a guy like Darlene to to run the system, you know, and be that guy um, going forward? Sure, absolutely. He had a heartbeat. Yeah, but uh, to to get that, I don't think uh, I don't think they can afford it. Not without giving up, you know, the golden boy, the golden child. Oh. <laughs> El Gato. Don't <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mr. Ricochet. I had to, I had to throw a little sarcasm in there. The trolls will message ports. Yeah, yeah. I, I do want to give a shout out to Mr. Ricochet and and the whole group that has joined our message board on the site. Yeah. In a week, we have done really well, and there's some very good hockey chatting going on by the fans. Yeah. So if you haven't, you know, if if you're interested in that kind of thing. Go over to our, our, our message boards and uh, sign up and join in because there's some very smart hockey people there that uh, have a lot of insight. Um, so I, I think it's well worth it. So Yeah, we're trying to uh, to get Mr. Ricochet to maybe do some writing for us as well. Yeah. And uh, we'll see where that goes. So Yeah, he's not quite used to my my, uh, my sarcasm and my, my, you know, old bald guy, old short bald goalie guy. Uh anger but uh yeah <laughs> you you'll you'll learn uh and uh, the the last question actually uh this was more directed at at our musician friend here mr judge uh maybe uh who is the most talented all-around musician recording currently in your oh, opinion God. in your opinion yes this can be completely skewed it's just your opinion so or who are, you, who are you a fan oh, yeah. of? Uh, I guess I don't know. I I would go with like a like John Five. Okay. Uh, Guitarist uh, for Rob just, Zombie. He, yeah, yeah. He just he seems like he he can do anything, yeah. uh, and he has done everything. Um, he's actually why I, I uh, started learning a bunch of country licks because he he kind of took all those old like banjo rolls and all that and, and put it to guitar and he's really into like the country playing and all that. Um, he's, yeah, he's insane, man. I, he, he's, he's probably my favorite right now. Yeah. I believe he was in, uh, David Lee Ross, uh, solo band at one point in time. Yeah. He's, he's really good. He's, he's, he's kind of really bum slaying with Rob Zombie right now. (laughs) I think, cause it's not really showing his, his, his pure talents, but, uh, he seems to be having fun and having a good time. So that's, you know, that's all that counts really. Yeah. And that's what it looks like to me. It looks like that's just something really fun for him to do. Yeah. And it's kind of fits. I mean, he was, uh, he was with Manson for a while too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you can see a pretty good fight, uh, of him. It's like Marilyn Manson with like Mickey mouse ears on them getting into a fight on the stage. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, you know, a little bit, John five is kind of like a clean living kind of guy. He's like a vegetarian. Like, I don't think he drinks. Like he's very kind of like a clean living kind of guy. And I think mm-hmm. everyone knows the, you know, reputation of Marilyn Manson. <laughs> so you could see how those two personalities might, uh, butt heads slightly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and Manson is clearly, you know, he's had, he's gone through band members. Like, you know, some people go through socks. So yeah, I'm not even sure who he plays with currently. Yeah. Yeah, literally, if you go to see John, uh, Marilyn Manson play, you have to look up, you have to look him up on Wikipedia to find out who his bandmates are. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I don't want to deep dive on uh, <laughs> Marilyn Manson, but that's just a little bit. Uh, that's a you know that's. I've always been uh, a Van Halen fan, and to, oh, yeah. to a fault because you know the, the the more recent Van Halen since you know since the Gary Sharon stuff uh, <laughs> has been kind of a joke. But Eddie Van Halen isn't is you know just on a whole nother level with playing guitar. Yeah, absolutely. So. You know, that's that, my big thing was always Van Halen. So I, I'm kind of a sucker when it comes to that. I went and saw him with Gary Sharon. I've seen him with Simi Hagar many times. I'm a big Hagar fan. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I've seen him now with Dave. And, you know, I had to see him with Dave because I was, you know, 85. I was, you know, in sixth yeah, grade. Yeah, that's the real Van Halen. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen him. The old uh, school. Back then. But, you know, I was aware of him and I was I liked him, but. I was too young to be going to those shows at that point in time. So my first, my actually my first con concert was uh, the right here, right now tour in 1991, I think, or 92 uh, with Van Halen and uh, Vince Neil's solo band opening up oh. at, at uh, Alpine Valley. So that, that, that will bring some, some of our older fans will understand that one, but yeah. <laughs> So that wraps it up for questions. I think, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I had a question and I didn't put it down on the thing for you, Patrick. Um, who's your favorite Blackhawk? Uh, of all time, of all time. Now you could, you, you could do both. Um, well, I w- I'll say the, the first Blackhawk that I was really into was Chris Chelios. That was like right about the time that I had gotten into the Blackhawks. There That's you go. when I found out about the Blackhawks. That was my guy. There you go. I can see why. <laughs> he was a badass. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of a weirdo now, but yeah, he was a badass. Then. <laughs> so how many jerseys do you own, Patrick? Two. And they uh, are? That's a lie. I have a, I have like a 90s uh, one, and I actually gave that one to my dog. We cut it up and made it fitter. <laughs> uh, I have um, just a red home one of the Reebok ones. I don't have one of the new ones yet. No, that's fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> no one, no one really wants to buy those new ones with that weird color. Stuck. Yeah. Um, and then I have, uh, one of the throwback jerseys, nice. but, uh, yeah, I need a white one, man. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, the new ones with the collar, right. Uh, too bad. We weren't, we weren't speaking a little earlier because I had, I had some inside, uh, deals when the the outlet store was still open in uh, aurora oh yeah some of the jerseys were like i was buying them for like 30 bucks a piece yeah i keep i think i i might follow one of those on like twitter yeah it might be uh uh, yeah blackhawk store somewhere but they're they're having crazy deals at the store yeah be careful because some of those are the chinese knockoffs but they're passing off as official stores sometimes yeah you got to be really careful. careful well hopefully if a um, if our official sponsor, puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y. Look at that, like a pro. Um, oh, yeah. I'll <laughs> say a jersey um, in the rank.com line. We can uh, we can get one for Patrick, and uh, you can uh, you could style that. It won't be a Hawks jersey per se, but uh, it'll be one to add to your collection, hopefully. Absolutely. That would be incredible. Yeah, well, that, not many people know this, but uh, Mr. Judge uh, now is uh, in possession of a puck and hassle t-shirt yes he is one of the rare <laughs> ones left over yeah that i uh that i had printed up and it's actually one of the staff ones so it's 
you know. Oh, what, wow. It's like kept hermetically sealed in a vault. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. I, I, I like very sparingly gave any of those out. You know, Norton had, uh, you know, a couple of the close, you know, a couple of guys that were on the podcast before had them, but I only, I only have a few left. So, uh, JJ, I got one waiting for you if you want it. You got a double XL, I'll take it. I have it. I have one for you, and nice. I've been saving it for you, my friend. It's a comfy shirt. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, we we uh, we uh, we're going. <laughs> I know people are probably bored by this and zoning out, but yeah, <laughs> I actually went out and got made sure that I got like the super soft T-shirts, and uh, I I kind of like what the guys at the Three One Two podcast did. Our boy Zoe, shout out to Zoe. That's a nice shirt they have. Yeah, I went out and bought a couple of T-shirts. The Three One Two podcast uh, want to support our boys. There's room for everyone, so you could buy one of their T-shirts. You could buy some of our stuff. It doesn't hurt to have two, you know, two, three T-shirts. Buy one of theirs, buy three of ours. That's yeah, there you go. go. That works. That works. <laughs> but they have they have some nice gear too, so uh, support those guys as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think uh, you know, hey, that kind of wraps things. Hey, you know what? You didn't you didn't say who your current Blackhawks favorite was. Uh, I think maybe just because of. Us, te- you know, teasing you about it, Elgato, man, because you you got to get that Elgato tramp stamp. Oh, tattoo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. a, a, a little tattoo, uh, what roulette? <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm going to come up there. We're going to do tattoo roulette, and uh, Elgato is definitely going to be on the board. Yeah, we were we were uh, we were corresponding back and forth. You were telling me about this tattoo roulette party that uh, you attended, where. And uh, I I said you know hey that would be kind of cool and then it, I said yeah but someone would make me uh, get an Elgato tramp stamp that would be <laughs> if I lost I would have to get that and there are plenty of people out there that would be very happy to see that happen so, absolutely oh, yeah, yeah. I, it would uh, you know actually it would almost be better if I got the uh, the uh, <laughs> insane clown posse <laughs> hatchet, yeah, man. hatchet man yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's I, I don't know if you ever saw the, the photoshop that i made of the uh the insane uh blackhawks clown posse it was it was quenville and uh bowman dressed oh up God. in icp makeup yeah I'll, I'll have to reshare that and put it in the uh, description <laughs> of the the uh podcast but uh hey i want to uh what do you got going on man uh like what's what's new what can you tell us about the you and the band like uh i know you know i know you're doing stuff but what can you actually talk about yeah uh well writing i can say we're currently writing okay um other than that we have like a week's worth of shows in brazil in january nice cool um and then yeah kind of just work on on the record so um i don't i don't know if we have any other shows planned for next year but we'll be we'll be busy yeah well if you're it, the next time you come to chicago you can bet that uh you know i will be there so i will be pumping it up for the fans uh a couple fans go out to some of the, like the inflamed shows and other shows that i go to so and uh they come yeah out absolutely Saturday. so yeah well uh definitely uh have to make a thing of it and uh oh yeah we actually had a fan in brazil so i don't know if she still listens but uh eloisa she used to listen to the puck and hostel uh shoutcast and uh I know uh, maybe she maybe she's going to be attending some of those shows. I'm not sure, yeah. but Eloisa will be down there. Yeah. here in a month. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if, if you guys have not listened uh, to Demon Hunter, and you may not have, uh, you know, I can't think that everyone has. But the intro song to the the podcast this week uh, that's a song from 
Demon Hunter and the outro that we've been using for the podcast is actually another song from Demon Hunter. So, uh, Patrick, you love this. My uh, my my son is into metal. He's uh, he's twelve. He's a hockey player, and he's you know just always blowing me all kinds of crap about the, our site and um, the fact that our URL has a dash in it, and you know. <laughs> Um, he, he, he thinks, you know, he just thinks the podcast is like a joke. And then I, you know, I told him you were going to be on tonight and he was just like stunned. He was <laughs> flabbergasted. He was just so geeked up about it. So now we're legit. <laughs> That's great. Now it's for real. Yeah. Now it's for real. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm going to still try and see if I can get Mikey Wenger from disturbed on too. uh, uh, talk a little metal and hockey, maybe get a, oh, definitely. maybe get a metal hockey round table kind of going on at some <laughs> point in time. That would be kind of cool. Oh yeah. So, but you know, guess there are there are uh, a lot of you know metal slash hockey fans like Brian Slagle from Metal Blade, and uh, I've talked about him before, and uh, Johan from Amana Marth, the lead singer. His wife actually does work with some NHL teams. She uh, teaches yoga to I think it's the Washington Capitals. Not sure, oh. but yeah. So you know he's a big hockey fan and. The guys from In Flames, you know, big Swedish hockey fans. I, uh, oh, yeah. Nicholas Jomerson was, you know, a big fan of theirs, and they actually got to go to the United Center and got jerseys that said In Flames on the back and the whole thing. Nice. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, which totally had me geeking out because I'm a huge In Flames fan, clearly. That's where the last time I saw your band, you guys were opening up for In Flames. So. Yes. It's it's a weird, uh, <laughs> weird cyclical uh, situation with this. Small but, world. Yeah. Totally. So, you know, closing up a little bit, uh, I just want to uh, thank you, Patrick, for coming on. Uh, you're always thank welcome you. to come on. So this may or may not happen again or not. You know, if John can't make it to him, you know, maybe, you know, I'll, you know, you'll come on again and talk a little Blackhawks again or something. But um, thanks again, really, for coming on and taking no, the time thanks for having me over your Christmas I'm by, I'm vacation. By, I'm by no means a professional. That's why I uh, listen to you guys. <laughs> fill me in what's going on well we are not professional musicians so we let we 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 let you do that part so (laughs) and you do a good job so thanks yeah but uh anyone who's interested in the band you can find uh their stuff on youtube i've been posting some of their some of the songs that i like on uh twitter the last couple days but you can follow them on twitter it's at demon hunter is the band uh on twitter for patrick he's uh at patrick judge uh, just like it sounds uh, on Facebook, you can uh, follow their page. It's Demon Hunter Band uh, on Instagram. Uh, the band is at Demon Hunter, I think, or at Demon Hunter Band, I think. I think it's at Demon Hunter Band. Yeah, I think it is. And uh, you are vulgar display of Patrick on yeah. Instagram. So everyone can go there and you can see, you know, Patrick wearing his Blackhawks jerseys and dressing his dog up as, you know, Blackhawks uh, garb. So, yeah. And hopefully soon. The rink garb, so oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So cool. Well, you I'm sure that I'm sure the puck hockey people will be glad to do that too. So yeah, for sure. Not to put them on the spot, but I, I have a feeling. Yeah, they're big metal metalheads, so clearly with all their uh, Exodus and Testament and all that gear. Yeah, yeah, they're they're great, man. Actually, the first time I I saw that company was uh, we're friends with the 36 Crazy Fist guys. Oh yeah, they're and, huge. Uh, I saw them. that they have a ton a ton of gear on there. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they're, they're that's like one of their biggest uh, lines is the thirty six crazy fist. Yeah. So, awesome, cool. Well, um, circling back around, you could find all of our work, all of our wonderful content at 
the-rink.com. Uh, you can find all, you can find me and John on the popular social media, uh, at the rink official for the site, uh, at the rink cast. I am at puck and hostel. John is at Jekyll, J A E C K E L. Don't forget our sponsor puckhockey.com. That's P U C K H C K Y. You can find them, uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, if you get a chance, please head over to iTunes, rate, and review us before I forget. Uh, we have one quick review from Alex. One one two six six. He says, "Great podcast. Honestly, the best and most consistent Blackhawks podcast out there. They tell you how it is and have a real insight into the game. I enjoy every week, and I tune in. Keep it up, guys. Thank you, Alex, for listening. That's awesome. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Every bit helps. Um, no review will be overlooked, good or bad. Uh, we really do uh, honestly appreciate everything that's said about us. So, well, good or bad." Um, I don't have any, uh, last plugs. I mean, I plugged, uh, demon hunter <laughs> and I will continue to plug demon hunter and Patrick and, and all your, uh, great stuff. So John, you got anything else you want to plug? I got nothing. Patrick, you got anything else, uh, on the side or anything else you want to plug? No, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, go Hawks. So that we being, need a, we need a win tomorrow night. Yeah, we do. Yes, please. We'll yes. have a uh, we'll have a game preview. I do want to plug. I got a plug. Yeah, go ahead. We're gonna have a game preview on the rink.com very early tomorrow morning, probably uh, as you wake up um, anywhere in North America. Go to the rink.com. You see a full game preview with lineups, uh, pairings, forwards, goalies, both teams, key stats, uh, game times, TV, radio, and what's at stake. We'll have that. We'll have that up in the morning. It's the most comprehensive game preview out there. Um, and then we'll have some other content, and then we'll have our new, uh, of course, you're, if you're hearing this, you're already listening to the podcast, so I won't plug that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you can also go there and you can join the message board. You can make comments and yep. talk with other smart hockey people. Uh, yeah. We have we have some pretty smart hockey people there. It's not meatballs. So uh, get over there, check it out. We're there. Though. What's that? We're there. Yeah, well, we are the meatballs, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But we, we do correspond on there as well. So if you want to correspond with us, uh, yep. you, you know you don't want to do the Twitter thing or you don't do the Twitter thing, you can correspond with us through the message board. You know we're, do, we're doing our best to keep up with that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really coming along nicely. So we're really happy with what's going on, and there's a lot to come in the future. So, yep. So, everyone, thanks for taking the time out of your business schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next week. See you on the way.